Welcome to Cornerstone Church's online sermons. This is Pastor Barry. Today begins a three-part series on kingdom finances. In this first message, we focus on financial freedom, choosing to be a people who walk out of debt. I hope and pray you are encouraged and strengthened as you listen to today's message. Well, this morning, um, churches have been uh, accused for years of... When you go to church, all they do is talk about finances. So I thought, well, maybe I should talk about finances. Well, it's, uh, guilty as charged. So for the next three weeks, actually, uh, we're going to talk about finances and, and talk about kingdom finances. Um, it's going to be a, th- a three-part series. Uh, we're talking today about financial freedom. Next week, we're going to talk about financial uh, faithfulness. And the following week, we're going to talk about financial fruitfulness. But I want to talk to you today about financial freedom. And in it, I want to talk about something that plays a big part in our society and a big part in in our lives. For some of us, if not for most of us, at one time or another, we have fallen into a trap. For some of us, we will have fallen into the trap. For others, we have jumped into the trap. <laughs> Regardless, it's a trap. We've made choices how the world works. And there's a constant barrage of messages that we hear seemingly every day, all day. And it, what I want to talk to you about financial freedom is, is freedom from debt. Freedom from being in debt. And, and as I begin this conversation with you, I don't primarily want to talk with you about where you are, but rather which direction you're facing. So it's not, it's not at this moment about how much debt you are or aren't in. It has everything to do with which direction are we going to be facing. The, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to uh, the Romans, he will write this. He'll say, for the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I... I will not to do. It's no longer I who who does it, but it's a sin that dwells in me. It's this, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do. It's this frustration. I I don't know if you can relate to that. I can. I want to be different. I want to live different. I want to be a different person. I want to let old things pass away and all things become new and live that out, but I still struggle. The things I want to do, I neglect, and the things that that I don't do, I well, the things I don't do, I don't do. But the, the things I don't want to do, <laughs> I end up doing. And, and yet Paul will write. He'll continue in that and say, who can help me? But, but thanks be to God, and he talks about Jesus. <laughs> that Jesus can help us in that, and he sets us free from any kind of condemnation. He'll go on to say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh or according to even the ways of this world or carnal nature, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, condemnation can be pretty specific. You can feel, feel a lot of guilt and shame over something specific. Condemnation can also just be really vague. I, it's the I don't enough. I don't... I don't pray enough. I don't read my Bible enough. Whenever you get into the enough, there's such a condemnation that, that come along 
can come along with that. But there is a difference between condemnation and conviction. There are things that we do need to feel bad about, but, but it's a godly conviction that leads to life. See, godly sorrow, when, when we're convicted by God, godly sorrow leads us to repentance. And repentance, repentance leads us to forgiveness. And forgiveness leads us to cleansing. And cleansing leads us to freedom. It's this, yes, conviction is a good thing in our lives. And so, so as I share, there is nothing, there is nothing condemning. Can, I, I just, if we can settle this right now before we go any further, if, if there's condemnation that you feel at any point in the message, it is, it is A, not from me, and B, it's not from the Lord. It's not from His Holy Spirit. If there is conviction, then, then we need to respond to that. Or if there's correction. So when I think about correction, sometimes you think about correcting someone or correcting the child or it has to do with discipline. When, when I'm thinking about correction, that's not what I'm thinking about at this, this point. I'm thinking about for some of us, there needs to be a correction, just a course correction, just a little bit. As you're driving down the road, if you don't just always make small adjustments, small corrections to that steering wheel, you're going to be in trouble. And so for some this morning, as we listen to the message and, and think about these things, there, there will be some course corrections, some small adjustments you need to make. For others, we need to get off the direction we're going totally. <laughs> we're, we're on a different road, and, and there will be an off-ramp, and it will be very clear to you, okay, here's a point, here's a place, here's a direction. We're getting off of this road of debt, and we're going to go this way, and, and you already know what's going to take place. For others, you yeah, probably just need to stop and pull over. And, and figure out, I don't know where I am and I don't know how I got here, but I need some time to figure out how to, how to move forward. Well, as we talk about kingdom finances, financial freedom, we're going to talk about debt. Financial faithfulness, we're going to talk about tithing. And financial fruitfulness, we're going to talk about giving, which is beyond tithing, uh, giving generously, um, and, and where to do that and how to do that and what the Bible will talk about those things. Free from debt committed to tithing, and being a people who are generous. So that's where we're headed with the, the series. A kingdom is where a king reigns. And we who are children of God, we are, are the people of God, we declare that Jesus is our king. She, and not only is he our king, he is the king. He's the king of kings. But we have acknowledged, we have already bowed our knee to King Jesus. And so when we say he is the king of our lives, we want him to be the king of all of our lives. And a king, a kingdom is where a king reigns. And so when we, when we talk about his kingdom, we want his kingdom reign in all of our lives, in every area, and that includes our finances. And so that we would manage our finances according to the king, according to the kingdom. And not all kingdoms are the same. The kingdom of this world is not the same as the kingdom of God. Even kingdoms in this world differ from one another. From, uh, oh, it was a couple weeks in May that uh, Audrey and I had a chance to be in Europe, and we, we spent some time in Italy, her homeland. Her parents were born there. And we spent some time in Italy, and this is what we did. Man, we ate. We ate our way through Italy. It was a wonderful, wonderful time of, of being there. And, um, but there was something we discovered as we ate in Italy. It has to do with tipping. 
with gratuities. We would eat a meal, and, and then we would give what we would give here uh, as, as a tip, whether it's 15, 20%, whatever, we, 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 we would tip. And the serving staff was always just, oh, wow, this is great. And I thought, well, that's because it's euros and it's killing me. Uh, but, but, you know, they, they were just so grateful. And, but they were too grateful. So then we, we do what most people do, or at least we, we, we ask Google, do you tip in Italy? And we discovered primarily you do not. And then we looked closer at our bills, and we would see a service charge, a charge for service. If you get just regular tap water, there's a service charge. If you get bread, there's a service charge. They've included it. So the tip has already been included. Well, that's a, that's a different culture. That's a different thing. So we, we stopped tipping. Uh, all right, I, I guess we already we included it in the tip. But even here in Canada, places are different. So do you... Do you pay for your food uh, before or after you eat it? Well, I guess it depends. If you're at McDonald's, you pay for it before you eat it. If you're at Boston Pizza, you pay for it after you eat it. it there, even in a culture, things work differently. And so we can't apply just regular worldly principles of this kingdom to, to the kingdom of God. And so that's what, what I'd like to talk about with you in the next few, few minutes. I believe this. It's God's best plan for us is to not be in debt. To not be in debt. He didn't come to put us in debt. And as, as we look through Scripture, and it's really difficult because um, as I was preparing this message, I thought, oh, there's going to be all kinds of Scriptures that explicitly talk about debt. And there's not. There's lots of principles that talk about debt, but there were very few that I could find that talked specifically about, you know, there's not one that says thou shalt not be in debt. But there are principles that are implied we watch, and there are some specific things that it, that it talks about, that Scripture talks about. But it does not teach that it is a sin to borrow. Um, people will often use this Scripture and say, oh, no, oh, no one anything, except to love one another, for he who loves uh, another has fulfilled the law. Like, well, we're not, we're not at all to be in debt. If, if we understand that passage and what it's talking about, it's not talking about finances. And sometimes we apply it to finances. I'm okay with that. But that's not, that's not what it's meaning. It, it's talking about our relationship with one another. That I'm not going to be indebted to you and you're not going to be indebted to me. Hey, hey, I owe you. I owe you one. I, I, I owe you my life. I have a, a life debt to you. None of that. That's, that, that's what it's talking about. I'm not, we're not going to live in debt to each other. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's not talking about finances. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's talking about the relationship that we have with, with one another. We don't, even, we don't even be indebted to the Lord. He came to set us free from our debts, not to have us just switch our debt. The wages of sin is death. Consequences of sin is death, eternal separation from God. He came to pay our debt, and he did that. But he didn't come then to put us indebted to him. And so when we talk to people about salvation, we don't say, look what Jesus did for you, you owe him. It's, it's not this, so now look what he did, you owe him your life. He didn't come to 
have us in debt to him. Instead, we are grateful for what he did. And we willfully, we freely choose to follow him out of love, not out of debt. He didn't come to put us in debt. So we don't even live obligated to accept his free gift. There are warnings about borrowing, but it doesn't say that, that it's a sin to borrow. Now, if the Lord has convicted you about borrowing and you do it anyway, then that is a sin, but it's not a sin of borrowing, it's a sin of disobedience. If, if, if the Lord has spoken to you and you ignore his leading, his prompting, his conviction, and you, and you borrow anyway, it's not a sin of borrowing, it's a sin of disobedience. There's conviction. And so that, that, that's issue. But the Bible doesn't talk about borrowing be, being a sin. And so if borrowing is not a sin, it's not a sin to lend. In fact, we, we want to be the lenders. For the Lord your God will bless you just as he promised you. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. It's this, this principle, this direction. This is what it's going to be like for your future. You're not going to need to borrow. You're going to be able to lend. You shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. He's talking to the, the people of God in the Old Testament. This is the principle. He, he wants us to, to have enough to give, have enough to lend. And Psalm 112 verse 5 says, A good man deals graciously and lends. The, the good, the righteous, that's what we want to do. We want to be those who have enough to be able to, to lend. He will guide his affairs with, with discretion. Jesus, though, will talk about if you do lend, we don't lend like this world system, this world system economy. He says, he's talking about even our, our enemies do good, hope, hoping and lend, hoping for nothing in return. The banks don't do that. This world system doesn't lend, hoping for nothing in return. They charge 18% or whatever it is. That's what, what it's all about is hoping for something in in return. And I've learned for me, for my life, I, I don't lend very often. But I, I will give. And so some, quite often, if someone comes and asks me, can I, can I borrow X amount? Think about it, pray about it, talk to Audrey about it. I've learned that. Um, and, and I, I will most likely say, you know, I can't, I can't give you, I, I can't lend you a hundred, but I can give you ten. I, I can't lend you that whole amount, whatever it is, but this is what I can do. I can give you no strings attached. We are not going to enter a relationship where you owe me. <laughs> but but I, I'm, what I can do is this. I, I can have enough to bless you and release you rather than put you indebted, indebted to me. Bible doesn't, pardon me, the Bible does teach that, it, that it's wise not to borrow. There are lots of people who will give us lots of counsel about borrowing to invest. and I, I am not at all looking to give any kind of financial. I have no voice into financial expertise and matters and such. I just want to talk about what the Bible talks about because I, I don't want to even put my own personal opinions in it. But it this is what makes the difference. But the Bible does, does talk about when we, when we borrow to invest and all of that. It says that we need to be really careful. Don't, don't just say that, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to such and such a place, to this city or to that city, and I'm going to make a profit. And this forecasting of what's going to happen says, that, don't do that. <laughs> Consider today. So about the borrowing to do that. And we, we just don't know the future. 
the Bible doesn't teach if you borrow that God's going to bail you out. I, I'll, I'll just max out uh, everything I have, and, and God, God is a way maker, miracle worker, light in the darkness. That's what I'm counting on, is, is he's going he's to just bail me out of that. There are moments. That's, a, that's truth that we sing. He is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He, he does those things. But financially with debt, I think it's, it's few and far between. Where, where the miraculous takes place in a moment, he has given us a free will, and we choose to enter an agreement, and we accept, we accept the responsibility of paying it back. It has to do with stewardship. We'll talk about that next week. We are responsible managers. But here's the two things that I want to, want to submit to you this morning. Two things that it will cost us, and this isn't the percentage of how much borrowing costs and all that. But two, two costs of being in debt. The first is it will, cost you, it will cost us our freedom. It costs us our freedom to choose. We, we enter into a relationship where it says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. Other versions will say a slave. There is a master-servant relationship that takes place where we lose the choice over that amount of money. We no longer have a choice. We have borrowed it, and we have to pay it back. We are the people of God. We deal with integrity with our finances. And Scripture says this, that the wicked borrow and do not repay. That's not us. We are people who repay what we borrow. The righteous shows mercy and gives. So what happens is we lose the ability to choose. We give our word. Years ago, we used to give a handshake, sign a contract. We used to sign credit card slips. Now we tap. Whatever it is, the agreement that we enter into, we are agreeing that that amount of money now is dedicated, is committed, and so we have to be faithful to that. The more we increase our financial commitment, pardon me, the more we increase our financial commitments, the more we decrease our ability to choose. That makes sense? <laughs> the more commitments we make in debt, the less ability we have to choose what we do with our finances. It cripples our giving. It cripples our helping. It cripples our blessing. Because God does not ask you to give what you don't have. He doesn't ask you to give on credit. He doesn't ask us to borrow money to give. All of that. But what happens is, it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks what we have to give because we already are so committed in so many areas. He does call us to be a good manager of our finances. The other thing that it can choose, that, that it can cost us is this. It can cost us the miraculous. doesn't necessarily always, but it, it can. Taking matters into our own hands. We're in trouble. I know how to get out of this will increase our limit. Instead of looking for God's, hear me, no condemnation. This has everything to do with direction. Which way, at the end of this, at the end of this talk, we are going to pray. My invitation, my call to you is to make a decision to face a direction of coming out of debt. We're not going to, we, we take matters into our own hands and, and instead we can miss out on God's provision, we can miss out on God's miraculous provision. 
Anyone who wants to charge you 18% is not your friend. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This is not just a text about our spiritual need. Paul, in this context, is talking about, I know how to have lots and I know how to have little. I know how to be content when I have both. It's talking about our earthly resources in, in context of what he's talking about. He declares this, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory in Christ, in Christ Jesus. And we can, we can miss out on God's miraculous provision. I, I have no idea how he's going to provide, but I believe he's going to. And, and, and we look and discover, and who knows how he will provide. But, but let him be our first, <laughs> the first place we look. The other, the other danger of debt, and well, it's, the Bible talks specifically about it, it has to do with cosigning. And, and when we cosign, we, we think we're helping, and, and sometimes we are. Not saying that it's not possible. But those two costs that I talked about, it applies to the people we're cosigning for, too. Those two truths still applies that, that it is going to take away their choice because, because of that amount. And, and you may not be the answer that God wants to bring to them. Here's, here's Proverbs. It says, He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but one who hates uh, being surety is, is secure. Surety, another version will say, there's danger in putting up security for a stranger's debt. And it's safer not to guarantee another person's debt. Now, some people will do that for their kids, for on and on to, to get them through. I am no condemnation. Know this, that Scripture warns us against cosigning. Um, I, the way I think about it quite often is the bank is saying no, and the credit card companies who want to lend you money are saying no. So I just consider really carefully. It's, it's a dangerous spot when we say yes. Here's, here's the, the end of the matter for this morning. Financial freedom. Get out of debt. It gives you the ability to choose. If you're going into debt or if you're coming out of debt, we, often we don't get into debt overnight and we don't get out of debt overnight. And there, there are things, I've been with people and they've, they've told me their stories tell you, crisis happens, unforeseen circumstance happen, emergencies happen, medical things happen where, where you're not able to work or, or medical bills rack up so quickly that, that you are just sometimes overnight in debt. My brother-in-law experienced that in the States. Um, my, my sister-in-law was having a baby. They were having the baby at home. Complications rushed her to the hospital. Almost cost her her life. Thank God for hospitals and the intervention is his, uh, his hand in it all. Didn't have insurance, full coverage, and immediately in, 
copious amounts of debt. Emergencies happen. Things like that happen that, that you're not expecting. Medical stuff where you're off work and have no, no place of income. A death happens. And now what do you do with, with a spouse with no, no income? Divorce happens. The economy happens. All of a sudden you're out of work and there's no work and you're, you're trying your best and praying God open a door and you haven't seen a, a, an open door or even a, a window crack anywhere. I, I get it. But, but there are times, too, where we look and say, well, I'm just trying to pay off Christmas. Christmas was not an emergency. It happens every year. You know, it's, it's that kind of, kind of thing where we look and we consider. And it's not just, my, my point of our message this morning is not get out of debt primarily. It's get headed out of debt. Can we be a people who choose to face a direction of our financial life where Scripture warns us against debt. God's perfect plan isn't for us to be in debt. And He will make a way out of it. My question is, which, which way will you face today? Which way will, will we face today? And as we pray in a moment, I believe God will speak to you, speak to me. There may be some expenses in our lives. We say, we're going to cut out this. I'm not going to suggest what you cut out. I appreciate if you don't do that to me. Everybody can find money in somebody else's budget. But, but it's not a condemnation. And people enjoy things. Part of it, though, is some of, some of our luxuries have now become necessities. And it's looking and saying, Lord, here are my finances. I want you to be king of my finances. And we look to him to help get us out of debt. May, may we have a contentment. I think contentment is wanting less than you have. Wanting less than we have. For Audrey and I, and I, I get no commission for this. Um, for us, we, we followed a program by Dave Ramsey called Total, Total Money Makeover. Transformed our finances. Talk, talked about we need to live like no one else lives so we can live like no one else lives. And, and we, we didn't go to a seminar. We read the book. But there is a war for your freedom. There is a war for your financial freedom. I'm not talking about freedom 55 or 65 or for some of us 95 or 105, whatever it is. There is a war for our freedom. For our freedom. And there is a principle in wartime in the depression that they, that they used with their stuff. Use it up, wear it out, make it do, do without. It's a, a different concept of, okay, God, this is what I have. And so would you bless this? Man, I, I can't tell you how many cars we've anointed with oil. Repeatedly, that engine. <laughs> on and on. We're, we're going to make it do. We're going to use it up, wear it out, make it do or, or do without. May, may God help us. And here's how he will help us. We'll close with these three scriptures. Psalm 16. You'll show me the path of life. Granting me joy of your presence and pleasures of living with you forevermore. God has a pathway for us out of death, a pathway of life. And there's joy because he's in it. Secondly, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Every detail of your life, including our finances. He delights in being Lord of, to bring freedom in that area. And then lastly, this morning, the way of the righteous is like the gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter into the full light of day. We talked about at the beginning of the service, about God being a God of light, doesn't even mindful of his text. 
but he has a light for us, a gleam of dawn, a brightness. As we choose to walk in a direction, God, we're going to say no to debt. We're going to say yes to you and look for your pathway out of this. Which way are we going to be facing? Your pathway is going to go brighter and brighter, brighter to the fullness of day. And we are going to rejoice and see, and be able to say, look what the Lord has done. Look, it's not just us making decisions. It's partnering with him, and he will, dis- dis- uh, he will receive the glory of God today. We come to you, the one who needs nothing from us. The one who is all-sufficient. The one who doesn't need our tithes and offerings. The one who doesn't need anything from us to exist. The one who holds the world in his hands, the universe in the span of your hand. The heavens are your throne, the earth is your footstool. The one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The the one with whom there is no lack or shortage. God, we look to you. We look to you who are the father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. There is no variation or shadow of turning. You don't make a difference. You You don't differentiate between your kids. There's no variation or shadow of turning. But every good gift comes from you. God, we recognize that you are our source. We echo the words that Jesus taught us to pray when he said, Our Father who art in heaven, you are our Father. You know how to look after your kids. God, in this world, in this world system, this economy where we find ourselves struggling, where we find ourselves having not enough, where we have fallen and been trapped and where we have trapped ourselves in debt. Jesus, we bow our knee and surrender to you, to your kingdom, to your kingship, to your lordship. And we say, Jesus, be Lord of our finances. We recognize that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You are able to work the miraculous. You are still the way maker, miracle working God. You bring freedom to our lives. You bring freedom to every area of our lives. And specifically, God, we pray for freedom in our finances. Church, can I invite you to make a decision today? A decision to choose to walk out of debt. It's not going to happen overnight. But will you choose a direction? Say, Lord Jesus, I choose. I choose to not walk into debt, but I choose to walk out of debt. I'm not saying you have, church, that you have the answers of how to do that, what that's going to look like. Maybe you look at your bank account and say the income is less than the expenses every month. There is no way. I'm not talking about looking with physical eyes. I'm talking about looking with spiritual eyes to a God who makes a way where there is no way. Who a God who makes up the difference. In this world, there's, there's things they refer to as new math. But God has an old math. It's called miraculous math. Whereas he, he is able 
to supply for widows' oil. He is able to bring it in ravens' mouths. He's able to lead us in the path of life. And as you choose right now to say, Lord, I choose to walk out of debt, we pray those three scriptures. Lord, show us the path. Show us the path of life. With no condemnation, with no, no weight of shame, but God, the course corrections, show us the path of life. You said the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Would you not only show us the path, but order our steps. Help us to walk in that path. And God, I pray for each person here making that decision that the path would just get brighter and brighter. Brighter to the fullness, to the full day. Just to the brightness, to noon, oh God. Just the brightest moment. Let there be a change in our finances because we're walking out of debt. We're walking into freedom to be able to have the power to choose. To not just choose what we want, but to choose what is right as you lead us in the path of righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are going to hear a scripture, and it's, it's going to be a prayer over you. It's, it's the word of the Lord. It's, it's not only the Bible, the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. It is a prophetic scripture to seal this moment in our hearts and lives. So would you just take a moment right now and prepare to receive. And Robin's just going to speak it over us. Um, this comes from Luke 1. And it says, uh, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. The morning light is breaking upon us, leading in the path of peace. He's shown us where to walk. He's shown us how to walk. This is the way walk in it. Thanks so much for listening to this online message. May God richly bless you as we follow Jesus together.